Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. I'm Annie Dickerson. And I'm Julie Lamb. Together, we're the founders of Good Egg Investments and creators of the Real Estate Accelerator. We help real estate investors and syndicators build their brands, find the right investors for their deals, and scale their businesses so they can do more and bigger deals. We believe that everyone has the power to make an impact through raising capital and helping people achieve financial freedom through real estate. We invite you to join the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Facebook group so we can amplify our impact together. We know you're going to love this episode. And hey, be sure to stick around to the end of the show because we're going to reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing real estate podcasts on the planet. Ready? Let's go. Welcome back, friends, to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Annie Dickerson, and today I'm thrilled to introduce you to AJ Shepard. AJ, how are you today? I am good. How about yourself? I am excellent. Well, tell us, AJ, I know you've been in this space for quite some time. So tell our listeners what attracted you to the real estate space in the first place. Uh, I have to say my dad was in real estate and ever since I was a little kid, he was always telling me, he's like, son, if there's anything you can do, make money while you sleep. And he's like, I found (laughs) the best way to do that is in real estate. Ah, okay. So you knew from an early age and it's, it's always interesting, right? When parents tell you to like, they, they try to give you a bit of wisdom and insight for life. Some kids will take that and be like, yeah, that's, that's the key. I'm going to do that. And some kids rebel and they're like, uh, uh-uh, my, my mom, my dad told me to do that. So I'm going to go the opposite way. But it sounds like you took that advice to heart. And so did he get you involved in real estate from an early age? Uh, yes, he did. Uh, I mean, when we were super young, we were help setting tile um, and he enlisted my mom for help too on managing contractors. So we were always kind of around. Um, he had a ton of free time. Like my, uh, the real estate provided, uh, you know, the ability for my dad to come to all of our soccer games and all of our sports and really kind of do everything else. So that was the other thing that was really promoted is that, that freedom um, and that ability to be able to do what you want. And, uh, you know, it was always me growing up thinking like, oh, I wanted to be a soccer player or an astronaut. But like every time the second thing is like, well, if that doesn't work out, I'll just do what dad does. Yeah, (laughs) there you go. At the very least, you can fall back on real estate. Always, always do what dad does. (laughs) There you go. I love that. He sounds like he he is a very resourceful guy and uh, was using the labor that was available to him. (laughs) And it's you and your your brother, Chris. Is that right? Yep. Chris and I are co-owners of uh, of our companies. Yes. Uh, so you started early and you really got to see behind the scenes, not just, you know, at a high level, you know, how to invest in real estate from afar, but really it sounds like you were in there on your hands and knees, rolling up your sleeves, really getting dirty. And so early on, you know, how did that, how did that impact your life? Were you like, okay, this is, I mean, you had the soccer player and other aspirations in your mind, but were you like, okay, I think this is viable. I think I could do this for myself. And then how did you and your brother 
come to um, decide to work together? Yeah, I mean, my parents really planted the seed, um, and they were also very uh, encouraging that we go to college and we get education, and education was very important. So, I mean, I graduated college and went to work for a general contractor doing industrial contracting, and it wasn't till like about a year afterwards that I'd been kind of like really on my own after college that, again, my parents are like, well, you should buy a house. You should you should buy a house, and I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And, um, I, I was, I, my dad actually had one of, uh, the houses that he built come available and he's like, this would be perfect for you. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And, uh, you know, so it was, uh, he had been renting it for, uh, 18 years or so. Like we, we lived in it when I was three and, uh, I was like now 20. 22 23 kind of and uh the tenant had left it in just an awful position like all the floors had been stripped up it was down to subfloors there was holes in the walls like i mean this was a a tenant every investor's dream (laughs) yeah every (laughs) investor's dream is right so uh you know luckily i think i i had the tools and the resources that i was able to really turned that around. And I, I still own that house today, which is, uh, is pretty amazing. So that, that was really kind of my start. And I, I was doing that while working a full-time job and continued to kind of like do that for about four or five years. And, uh, mm. once I, once I did that first one, I was, I was hooked, you know, I rented out rooms to other people. Um, I had some other college students. It was next to a college. So other college students, like live in with me essentially and really and then went on to the next one um it wasn't until like i i I got to that next one that my all of a sudden my brother popped his head up and he's like hey what uh what are you what are you doing there what's what's going on and uh we we got our heads together and and really came up with kind of a business plan and my dad's like this is this is gonna work out great for you guys you're gonna love it and uh, and it was kind of off to the races after that. So, uh, wow, it's been exciting. Yeah, I love that. How you you sort of started out, and then your brother was like, "Wait, wait, wait a second! What are you you leaving me behind over here? What are you doing over there?" And uh, it sounds like you were able to really sync up. And yeah. um, it's not always not always easy having a family business, you know, sometimes, you know, because when you mix family and business, sometimes things can go great. And other times there's friction, right? And so tell us a little bit about that. So you got together, you created this business plan, your dad gave it the stamp of approval. And then and then what was it? Did it work out great just as planned? Or did you hit some speed bumps along the way? Yeah. I mean, my brother popped his head up. He had spent a year in New Zealand and was really kind of like looking on a place to land his feet. And so um, we always had remembered playing soccer together. Uh, and he was like, you're playing soccer. I'm going to come play soccer with you. And <laughs> really made his way to uh, made his way to Portland. And, um, you know, ever since then, it's it was not all roses and sunshine. Um, there was a time when uh, you know, my brother and I were actually going to counseling together on trying to figure out how to work together. Like it is not all glamor and clips, but you know, we, we started off with buying single family houses, uh, renting them or re- 
rehabbing them, renting them out, refinancing them and kind of pulling it and going to the next one. And at first, you know, you get a little bit of cash flow from from those, especially when you uh, leverage it as much as possible. The the cash flow kind of shrinks a little bit. So, I mean, we weren't making like buco bucks. We were really kind of not spending a lot of money, trying to save a lot of money. And, you know, at that point, <clears throat> what happened was, is we, uh, we'd gotten to the point where we'd, we'd had a bunch of mortgages to our name and it was like, gosh, how are we going to continue financing stuff? We weren't quite to commercial financing. So we were like, oh, let's, let's find another source of revenue. Uh, and that's when we started both the construction company and the property management company. Um, and we did that in about 2011. And uh, that's kind of like right around the time when we were, you know, struggling a little bit. Starting a new business, it's tough. Like 95% of small businesses fail within the first five years. So I, we, I am very proud that we're still in business and as a family, still together. Uh, and that's, that's pretty amazing. Um, so like we kind of, we continued from, you know, building that client, client list uh, and got our professional licenses. And since then, we, we've just kind of kept growing and growing very organically, um, you know, not, not huge, uh, pretty much like doubling our size kind of like every year is, is kind of like what we, what we did and both in buying properties and in uh, managing other people's. Um, and that's been, it's been fun. Yeah, that's a huge achievement and what a great time to get into that business. And so, okay, so it, it's it's an interesting story, right? Because you started out sort of with probably not a whole lot of intention to get into property management and construction. You were just like, okay, we're going to do this for ourselves, as a lot of investors do. I mean, we're going to do this for ourselves. And then at a certain point, you're like, wait, now we're ready for the next stage. Now we're ready to scale what's next. And rather than just keep going or hitting a wall, you decided to innovate and create new streams of streams of income and new businesses. Um, and so now these days you, you invest on your own, right? You also have property management, you have construction and you syndicate. Is that right? That is true. We, we also, uh, we have a brokerage, so we do real estate sales, uh, have brokers working mm. for us. And I do have a newer business as of this year. We have gotten very good at hiring offsite professionals. Uh, so we have a, a fair amount of employees that work from us from the Philippines. So now that we've done that for ourselves, we are now offering those services to, to other businesses as well. Interesting. So continuing to find where the edges are and where you can continue to add value and also strengthen the business. Love that. Well, I think kind of like as a business person, like you, you dig in deep to a process and you learn how to do it well enough that like you're, you've got this process down and you're doing it for yourself and you're like, wow, there is a lot of value in knowing how to do this and do it well. And that value can be marketed and marketed to other people. And so that yeah. is that is a lot of what the ways that we've started our businesses is like we've really kind of like we're getting there, do it ourselves, figure out how the best way to do it. And then it's like, okay, 
we figured it out. Now let's offer it to someone else to see if yeah. they, they, they want to buy it. <laughs> yeah. So I want to dig in there a little bit because, um, you know, through our coaching program, we work with a lot of syndicators and at a certain point they get to a point where they're like, oh, I, ne- I need to hire some help, but I don't know where to start. We start talking about virtual assistants and, um, a lot of them are stuck at that point where they're like, I need some help, but I can't even keep my head above water enough to hire somebody else and tell them what to do and direct them. Um, so I'm just going to do it myself this time. And then next time, when I have time, I'll hire somebody. And they never get to that point. Um, so how have you been able to um, strategically hire VAs to help to grow your business? And now how are you helping others um, to leverage VAs as well? Yeah, so... I, we hire VAs and they're full-time uh, and they are just like an employee. Our culture is like, they are a person that sits next to us in the office, but it's on a TV, not on a, an actual desk. So like that first step in hiring an employee is very difficult. I remember my brother and I going through this and we went through like five, uh, just like employees in person as like assistants or whatnot. Uh, you know, that learning that skill of how to delegate and how to delegate effectively is, is, is very difficult. Uh, my best suggestions for that is write down all the tasks that you do, have the best written processes, like as you go through it, very detailed step by step. One thing that we've been very successful at in training uh, the VAs uh, or the offsite professionals is like we're on Zoom right now is share your screen they don't even have to be there and then just record what you're doing and as you're doing talk about it you know having that video production of it that they can go back and then they don't have to come back and ask you questions they have something to refer to that has been by far so we have written processes for everything and then video processes attached with that and then checklists on like what needs to be done and those things are the trifecta of how you can delegate effectively and create the expectations of like what you expect to be done and how, and then it can be repeatable. Yeah. Yeah. Such good advice. And we find those, uh, we use loom for our little video snippets to train. We, and we used, we used use loom too, but then the free yeah. one went to only. Oh five yeah. And we're like, I know. I've got a better way to do this. I can yeah. do the same thing on Zoom. Right. Yeah, <laughs> there I you go. Are, and I already have it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And so, yeah, but those those training snippets and the check the checklists and the processes, they're gold, right? Because when you create yeah. that, that's like an asset for your business. And it doesn't it's like a Starbucks. Once you once you have that written down or recorded, um it's repeatable for anybody. Anybody yeah. stepping in should be able to take that guide, that manual, that training video and do the work. And so once you take the, invest the time to create that, um, then it really serves your business moving forward. Yeah. And forever it allows the business Mm -hmm. to run without you having to be there. And that is the main thing is that you are not the bottleneck anymore of where the information resides. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay, so it sounds like you've built multiple pieces or multiple different lines of business. So what is your focus these days? Are you building yet another business to add to the mix or what are, what is 
what are you focused on these days? I mean, I think I'm probably in line with a lot of your viewers. I our number one goal and and still from you know the very start is to acquire more property and have more passive income. Uh, currently, like we feel that syndication is our best opportunity to do that. So we've we've completed four syndication projects and each one has kind of like stepped up and up. And so we just continue to scale up and do larger, larger projects. And, you know, as we get get more assets under management, that means that we can hire more employees to do the asset management and all the reporting and all that. And so we're we're currently working on scaling that business. And one of the best parts about it is that where we are looking, which is in Portland, Oregon, we use it to feed our other businesses. So like the property management company and the construction company. And I think a lot of people in the industry call that vertically integrated. And the best thing about that is we're able to control very, very good our costs. Uh, And we, we know with like a very sharp pencil on like what our construction is going to cost and a very sharp pencil on what the rents are going to be. So like our level of our our confidence interval, I would say is, is very small. Like we, we we're very dialed in on, on what is going to happen just because we've been in the market and in this uh, arena a a long time. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's it right there. Right. Is I think a lot of syndicators, they are not physically in the markets that they are finding their investments in and the they ha- they hire out the property management as we do as well and so you're right sometimes those assumptions you know there there are things that get lost in translation right and so there has to be buffer to account for that and plan b's to account for that but because you guys are on the front lines at every level and every <laughs> tier you know exactly how it's going to go down you have all of that wisdom and that experience um and so it takes a lot of the guesswork out and so you can yep. be much more confident and more accurate in your assumptions and your underwriting yeah i mean ultimately that just provides the investor less risk mhm Yeah. And so for anybody who's listening, who's thinking about syndication, or maybe they've started out and like you have maybe syndicated a few properties, would you recommend um, vertical integration um, as a path? Like if they've started, should they then think about building the property management or would you recommend starting with the property management and getting into syndication? Uh, Starting with property management and getting into syndication, I would say would be fairly tough. Uh, the property management business is, is, is tough to get into and tough to build and would take some time. So um, with syndication, hiring and partnering with a great property manager is, is awesome. And I would search those out. I'm actually on the board of directors for NARPM. It's the National Association of Residential Property Managers. Um, and there is a ton of great property managers in there. So if you're looking for one, that's a great place to start to look to interview them. Um, but, uh, you know, that property manager is going to be a great partner that you can lean on that knows the market really well. Like that's where you should be getting a lot of your information and try and take the guesswork out. We actually do uh, manage for another syndicator that buys in, in Portland as well. And uh, 
get great referrals from him. He loves us. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. So I'm curious because we talked to a lot of syndicators, but we don't talk to as many property managers. So as, you know, uh, as both, how do you approach that any differently when you're managing uh, a deal that you've syndicated on your own versus one that some you're working on with a, another syndicator? We, I, I say we're vertically integrated. Uh, so there's one caveat to that. We don't use our construction services for value adds for clients. Like we only reserve those resources for us because they are very hard to find. And we have, we're booked out for a long time on that work. I can imagine. So, <laughs> so like that, I think that's where a lot of the value add is. Uh, when we mm. work with uh, other, other clients though, we're more than happy to provide the management and, you know, implementing some of the the notices, like implementing rubs and, you know, getting those mm -hmm. rents up and the lease ups like that. That is not a, not a problem for our company. We're just, we're not maybe as bulked out on the construction where it would really lend to um, provide doing that value add in, in the construction piece. And on top of that, like some of the contractors that you will find for that are just so custom. Um, I mean, there was one project that, uh, our partner bought and it's like the exterior of the building is stucco in the Northwest. And I'm like, Oh, stucco in the Northwest. That's not the most great thing. Like I don't even have an idea of who a contractor could be that, that does that. So like those sort of custom things that aren't repeatable is, is not where a, a business really makes money. So we just push that onto him and say, Hey, you're, you've, you've got to get the construction done and then work with the contractors. And then after it's like set up, we're, we're happy to help you manage it and make sure it's super profitable. And then as you're scaling this syndication side of your business, because there's multiple pieces to syndication, right? There's yep. finding the deals and the relationships with the brokers, there's managing the assets, there's raising the capital and building the brand. So what parts do you feel like you're like dialed in, you got it under control and which parts are you sort of working on and um, improving? Ah, Yes. We are always improving everything. Like it is an iterative <laughs> process. Yes. But if you're asking me what I'm having challenges with currently, uh, currently we are really working on deal flow, uh, really finding uh, that 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 specific deal that meets our niche. Um, I think that the reason that we're having that problem is because we are so specialty. Like we are looking. I can, we are looking for, you know, two bedroom predominantly in Southwest Portland amongst like Tualatin, Tigard, uh, 20 plus units, uh, less than three stories, all exterior doors with construction value add. Like there's just not that many properties in that yeah. like small of an area <laughs> and Portland's, you know, it's a fairly big metropolitan area, but it's still not that big. So we're, we're still trying to really figure that out. Um, you know, getting on podcasts like this and we host our own podcasts really gets us in front of investors and developing those relationships is just takes time. Um, mm -hmm. And when that really has to be kind of like my brother or myself to, to really do that. So, you know, finding the, the time and fitting that in the schedule can be challenging, especially with yeah. while running the other businesses. Yeah. Um, so I would say those are the, the kind of mm -hmm. two, but I mean, we are always trying to improve you know, the, the value add piece and improve that construction on, on our current assets and improve, yeah. 
you know, the, the time that it takes to turn over a unit, like vacancy is the silent killer. The longer that you have a unit vacant, the, uh, that is profit just walking out the door. <laughs> oh yeah. Whew. Every day, every moment. But I mean, uh, there's it, the, the whole business it's, it, it, you have to be diligent with it and you have to be working on all the facets <clears throat> all yeah. the time. Like just because you have a property under contract doesn't mean that you can stop recruiting investors or stop looking for the next deal. Like if you aren't doing those efforts now and, and creating that, like you're not going to find that like in a couple months after you've finished that one deal that you've got the next one in the hopper. Um, and that's what I would kind of say about business in general is like, you just have to be consistent. And once you get the habit formed of doing it, just making sure it happens on a regular basis. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you outlined, well, I love that you have such clarity around the types of properties that you're looking for. I think it's better to be pickier and know exactly what you're looking for and know with a hundred percent confidence, if we get a property of this size with these attributes in this neighborhood, we can blow this out of the water. Yeah. And it's better to take your time and be patient and find that rather than just go into any property that you're like, okay, we got one. We got one guys. Let's do this one. Let's adapt our entire flow or our entire business to be able to accommodate stucco, for example, right? When it doesn't fit your business model. So I think that's really, really smart. Um, and then as for your investors, do you find that a lot of your um, clients from the property management side of your business end up investing in the syndications or where are you finding most of your investors? Um, we are finding our investors kind of all over. Um, you know, I told you I'm, I'm big with NARPM. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I'm a regional vice president there, hold a leadership position. There's a lot of property managers that have a lot of clients as well. So that's yeah. that's been that's been helpful for us. Uh, we belong to a country club, um, so that that's helpful in knowing like the other players in Portland and who they are. And it's it's really about just getting out there and networking. Um, yeah. You know, put putting yourself out there. Uh, I will say having the podcast helps. Uh, you know, the fact that we post a an episode every week, uh, an investor can go look us up and find us and then really like start this relationship with us before they even like actually talk to us in person. Like they're like, Oh, I know who these guys are. They, they know about trusts and they know about financing and they know about purchasing properties and, you know, really getting that information out there. It's always going to be there. And, uh, they can always, Mm -hmm. and as long as they see that, like you're consistently doing it, it's not like, you know, that's the one thing that an investor's worries about is like, all right, if I put my money with this person, am I going to get it back? Like, and if you can show them that you're consistently doing the things that you say you're going to do like that, that I think is, is really beneficial. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because that's key is you're building trust, right? At the end of the day, you got to build trust with people who start out not knowing anything about you. And you've got to build that bridge for them 
so that it makes it easy for them to walk across that bridge, learn more about you, build that trust with you so that they can then invest not just in one deal, but in multiple deals with you. And I love that you have the podcast. I think that's a great, consistent thing, like you said, that, you know, it's like when you watch movie stars on screen, they, I forget where I read this, but you know, like when you're in close proximity to somebody's face on a screen, you feel like, even if you don't know them, you feel like you know them personally, yeah. which is why we all feel like we know movie stars personally. <laughs> and it's the same with podcasts, right? Like when you hear somebody's voice in your earbuds over and over again, you feel like you know them, even though you've never met them before. And that can go a long way to build that trust. Yeah, I completely agree. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, it sounds like you guys are moving and shaking. You're doing a ton of different things and really scaling your syndication business. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of listeners who want to follow up with you, learn more about what you're doing, possibly even invest with you as well. So tell them where can they go to learn more about you and all that you are doing because you guys are doing so much. Sure. Uh, so if they want to get a hold of me directly, aj at uptownpm.com. That's uptownpropertymanagement.com. Uh, uptownpm.com. And uh, Westside Investors Network, uh, if you just search that in Google, that is our podcast. And we actually have an investors meetup in Portland that happens once a month. And so that's kind of all under that investors net, Westside Investors Network. And uh, if you just want to go directly to the syndication, Uptown Syndication is a website. If you're interested in property management, Uptown Properties, uh, UptownPM.com. But yeah, hopefully that is within one of those websites. I'm sure you'll find a way to contact me. Sweet. Well, for all oh, of our listeners, then, oh yes, go if, ahead. If I if I can add, if you are interested yeah. in an offsite professional, offsiteprofessionals.com is also uh, the ability to help you find someone full time that really knows the real estate industry and can help you get those remedial tasks done. Nice. Yes. I'm so glad you added that. I'm going to check that out personally. We're always looking for great people too. (laughs) Um, For all of our listeners, we'll have those links for you in the show notes. AJ, thank you so much for being here with us today, sharing your incredible story and all of your wisdom. To all of our listeners, be sure to follow up with AJ to learn more about all that he's doing. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the next episode of the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. If you are a real estate investor or syndicator who would like to be on this podcast, please visit syndicationspotlight.com and please also join the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Facebook group so we can connect with you and learn more about you. And if you got something out of this episode, we'd love it if you could subscribe to this show and give us a rating and review. We promise to read your feedback and take action to continue to make this show even better and more valuable for the real estate syndication community. My name is Annie Dickerson. And I'm Julie Lamb. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being a part of the real estate syndication spotlight community.